Polish language is famous for being one of the most difficult languages on earth. And on today's episode of Cult America, we are joined by a Polish teacher named Elena, who will tell us exactly why that's the case. Elena, for some context, please tell us how you came to being a Polish teacher and what it is that you do. Hi, hello, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Um, how, how I became a Polish teacher? Well, first of all, I'm Polish, so that's already like a good basis to be a Polish teacher. Um, I've been teaching English for a long time. Um, and then I just wanted some change in my life. And I noticed that there are just so many people that come to Poland now and they love Poland and they want to stay in Poland. So many expats um, in Poland. It became such an attractive place to live uh, that I thought, why not the other way around? You know, why, why not teaching Polish to those people? And since I know several languages, I also speak Spanish and Portuguese and, and I studied Russian at university. So it's like a good basis for me to, to know the difficulties of different people who come to Poland to live there. Um, and it made it easier for me. So, so that's how it started, you know, slowly just with like a few students, you know, like my, I taught my ex-boyfriend who was Costa Rican. I taught him some Polish as well. And it just, you know, became uh, my, my business now. Fantastic. Well, you must be an optimist because when I wanted to learn Polish language, Polish people told me directly that I shouldn't even bother, that it would be too difficult. Fast forward a few years, when I, and I've told this story before publicly, when I worked for Virtual on the Polska, my boss said that, Ryan, you have to improve your Polish, you're going to be fired, basically. And uh, I went to Polish lessons, and my Polish teacher, Dorota, who also appeared on this channel, basically forced the Polish into my mind. And at a certain point, I realized how difficult the grammar is. And at that point, I actually considered giving up. Tell me, from the perspective of a Polish teacher, why is your language so incredibly difficult? <laughs> um, I am an optimist, that is true. Uh, and I think that even though Polish is so difficult, it is possible to learn it. Like you are the, the living, breathing um, uh, proof of that, right? And some of the guests that you invited to your channel, um, people who left their countries to live in Poland, they, they learn Polish, so it's definitely possible. It is a difficult language. It is one of the most difficult languages in the world. Um, I don't know why. I think, you know, like, first of all, for sure, the pronunciation, right? It's quite crazy. Uh, we just, I don't know, we, we hate vowels for some reason. We just don't yes. want to open our mouths, right? Everything happens here, right? But <laughs> the first time that I saw the name Jashuf, I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> I thought that can't be that way. I know. And what about Szczepzeszyn, right? That's crazy. <laughs> or Szczepzeszyn. Stretching, yes, that's true. I don't know what's going on. I, I have no idea why, but we just don't like vowels, right? We love consonants. Consonants are the king, you know? Yeah. And they're so, they're so nuanced, right? Because there are such small differences between, for example, z and g and j, right? And they're both written with, you know, d and z, and then you either have, you know, like this over dot, or you have this like little, you know, dash. I mean, there are small differences. For us, it's very clear, you know, like 
in Chinese, for example, where you have in Mandarin, where you have nine tones, and for someone who is not used to that, you like you don't hear the difference between ma and ma, right? It's the same in Polish, but with consonants. For us, it's a huge difference if you say sh or tr. But for some foreigners, of course, you know, there's not that much difference. So that is something important, like learning the correct pronunciation. Sure. Then, of course, grammar. Grammar is crazy for several reasons, right? Um, of course, we have quite complex conjugation, right? The verb conjugation. Um, and Can every... you tell our viewers what that is? Yes, yeah, so it's a uh, verb conjugation is inflection of um, of uh, verbs, right? So basically, you have those three persons in, in singular, ya, te, ona, ono, on, uh, ona, on, ono, and then you have the same in the, in the plural, right? Me, ve, oni, one, um, and then there is a different form for every, every of those um, pronouns, right? So for example, yes. ya, I don't know, I like, ya, lubię, te, lubisz, on, ona, ono, lubi, etc., etc. So it's like when you learn a verb, it's always you have to learn at least six forms of it. That is the precise nightmare of it. That was the thing that made me think I should forget because in my very first Polish lessons, we learned on, ona, one, and I actually thought that this just applied to you know like us, them, me, him. What I didn't understand until years later is that these rules applied to every single word you speak. And on top of that, you have to add gendered uh, words. Can you explain that a little bit, the, the gender of the words? Yes, yes, the genders. That's another problem, right? Because we actually have three genders in Polish, right? We have, um, we have the masculine and feminine and neutral, right? So, so that's a little bit complicated because you have to change the ending of the word and it you know it comes uh, down to um, verbs right maybe they don't change in the present tense but for example in the past it does right so if you're a woman you have to say, i was right you have to say biwam right but if you're a man you would have to say biwam so then you know you don't have six forms anymore you have six in the feminine and six in the masculine so it just grows it expands the amount of words that you have to learn so it's a little bit complicated it's, and it's, it's not just ver the verb right but then you have adjectives and you know if you have an adjective beautiful piękna right piękna mm -hmm. feminine piękne masculine piękne uh, um, neutral, right? So, for example, um, I don't know, a child. So that also changes, and pronouns, and you know, um, um, nouns, etc., etc. So everything in the Polish language, almost everything, has a gender. Yeah, and uh, the thing you didn't mention about all these rules. These rules are great. Polish language loves having a lot of rules, but what they love even more than the rules are the exceptions. Yeah. <laughs> So there are probably the more exceptions yeah. than there are rules. It's ridiculous. I know. Yeah, you can't. Yes, you can't be. You can't depend on your logic with Polish, you know, <laughs> because you can learn the endings. You can learn the endings, but then there are so many exceptions. It makes no sense, you know. Like I'm, I'm just in the midst of finishing preparing my my Polish video course, and I was just working yesterday on uh, the uh, conjugation where the endings in the first and the second person are ew, esh, 
right? NOH conjugation. And that conjugation has a ridiculous number of exceptions, right? If you just take, for example, the, um, you know, the, the word cat. Do you know the word cat in Polish? Cot? Cat, to cat. Yeah. Oh, to catch? It, to cat. Cat, 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 cat. Oh, cat. to cut. To cut. Oh, wait. Yeah. Witnia? Almost, almost. Chonch, right? In the, in the infinity. Okay, actually, in actually I didn't know that. But uh, Witnia mm -hmm. is like cutting, but rather for fun. Yeah, yeah. To, yes, to cut out something, right? Witnia. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. So, chonch, right? C-I-O-C, right? Chonch. But then, when you want to conjugate it, it changes completely, right? Because you don't say, you, it has nothing to do with the infinitive form. You say, ja, tnel. So, change, tnel. Those are like two completely different words. It makes no sense. Yeah, and, th and this is exactly <laughs> the reason that I'll never be able to properly speak the language because you know, I, I'm at a place now where I can definitely communicate, even in broadcast. You can find plenty of uh, television appearances where I managed myself in Polish. But what you can't see is the stress and the fear and the frustration of not being able to express myself. <laughs> you know, with my wife, uh, with my brother-in-law particularly, I feel great speaking with them and, and I'm loose and it's nice. Uh, there are many special things about Polish, uh, ways that you can express yourself that are not possible in English. But when it comes to these, to these rules, I'm curious, have you ever met a foreigner who, who really was not a native speaker and mastered the rules and didn't make any mistakes. Hmm. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? It's okay as long as you you can communicate, and as long as you know, like, the mistakes you you make do not impede the the understanding of what you're saying. I think it's fine. It's okay, sure. you know. It's like with the English language, the entire world speaks the English language, but everyone has a different accent, and people sometimes make like very you know um, um, culture specific mistakes, you know, like, so, mm -hmm. I don't know, Spanish speakers, they have their, their, their uh, specific mistakes that they usually make in, in English, Polish people, you know, Portuguese people, etc, etc. And it's fine. Why not? Let's play with the language, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not mathematics, you know, it's like a <laughs> li true. living, breathing organism, and let's just have fun with it. That's very true. And I, I would love to take a moment and compliment Polish people here, because I can't really recall too many situations where I was criticized or, uh, you know, withheld from an opportunity because I can't speak proper by the book Polish. And I think in most countries, as a foreigner, not having a, like a full grasp on the language would really, really hold you back. And I think that Polish language is intertwined with Polish pride uh, in, in many regards, maybe because it's so difficult. How do you think the language affects the culture? Wow, you're asking difficult questions, hey? Huh? <laughs> um, how does the language affect the culture? Hmm. Well, okay, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, the fact that we have uh, grammatical genders, you know, it's something interesting because, you know, when I observe the Western world and this whole, you know, movement towards um, just uh, eliminating gender, right everything is just mm -hmm. gender equal and we're all the same and whatever which you know i don't think we're all the same you know we have 
equal rights and we should have equal opportunities. But, you know, for me, that's my personal view on me, right? For me, you know, a man and a woman are different creatures, okay? And like other genders, you know, they have also their different specifics, right? Um, but in Polish, because we have those three genders, like we, we look at the world through the prism of those genders, right? Like you can't just say that, you know, like if you wanted to make the Polish language um, gender equal, like you would just eradicate it because it's so ingrained in our minds that everything has a gender, right? And, you know, I sometimes heard some funny stories of, you know, like uh, English speakers, right? There are many Polish people who, who travel abroad and they work, you know, and someone was telling me about uh, their, I don't know, I think it was a Polish cleaning lady that she would always say, you know, like, oh, a bottle, she, right? But she would always speak about objects, inanimate objects, uh, as she or he, because for us, it's just so natural. Everything has a gender. So so I think that's one thing that, you know, for, for us, that it's, it's polarized, right? That femininity and masculinity, and it would be difficult to just make it, I don't know, unisex, uh, mm -hmm. as it is possible in English language because of our language, right? Tell so me, that's there... how the language influences the culture. Sure, that's obviously a very hot topic. Well, in, in the English language, it's not one that I've particularly embraced, but I know that many, many people do. In Polish, are there uh, movements right now to try and like uh, reinvent the language not to include gender? For example, in English, I, I guess people aren't calling actresses actresses anymore, but everyone's an actor, male or female. And in English, we don't have too many gendered words in that way. But in Polish, are, are, has there been any movement to, to make these changes? So this is fascinating because we have the opposite movement. So the, you know, the logic behind it is the same, right? That, oh, you know, feminine and masculine, right? Women and men, they should be equal. But instead of eradicating uh, genders from the language, we create more gendered words, right? So, for example, psychologists. Uh, it has been for a very long time. There was just one word in Polish, which is not common because usually we have, you know, when it comes to professions, we have, Sorry, um, you know, psycholog. Yes, okay. psycho very good. Uh, Excellent. I, I know a few well words. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So, psycholog, right? One of those words that we didn't have the feminine version of it, but now we do. Do you know the feminine version of psycholog? Psychologa? Good try, good try, okay. very logical. It's psycholożka. psycholożka. Oh, I would have never got that, not in a million years. I know, because... Psycholożka. Uh, yes, g and z are related, and g very often changes into z in some words, right? So, psycholog, psycholożka, right? Uh, for example, in um, Norwegian, right? Norweg, Norweska. So it's basically the same, the same strategy was used with the word psycholog and psycholożka. And you know, some people don't like the word psycholożka, but I think it has already become popularized and, and it, it caught on, right? So yes, there are more and more words that are created. Some words are still quite controversial, you know, and with some words, we still don't know what to do. Like, you know, an architect, right? Architect. What to do with architect? Architect? You can't even pronounce it, right? So with some of those words, you know, the strategy that we use would be to say pani architect. So you still oh, okay. maintain that masculine form, but you add pani. Sure. But as much as it's possible, we're trying to create more feminine words, right? And there's a problem with, uh, with, uh, with the word przedszkolanka, 
which is, mm-hmm. I don't know, do you know what is przedszkolanka? Preschooler? Uh, przedszkolanka is a, it's a kindergarten teacher, right? Yeah, okay. Przedszkolanka. So usually, historically, that has been a woman in Poland, right? But nowadays, there are more men who do that job. And the problem is like, what, how, like, how do we call a man who does that job, right? Przedszkolanek. Przedszkolanka. That's very interesting. Pan so that's something that you know it's still it's still out there, you know, and, and we're trying to figure out what to do with it. The name of his job would imply that he's like a woman, basically. Yes. Yes. That is a very interesting paradox. I would love to do some research and find out like you know, fifty years ago, were there any male preschool teachers in Poland? It would be a very interesting thing to study. I imagine there must have been, but if the word indeed applies that it's a woman doing the job, then something is like, uh, yeah, that that is something to look into. That's very, very interesting. Um, Are are there other exceptions? So like uh, if you go to a doctor, right, it would be pan doctor, pani doctor, Pani doctor. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. doktorka. Yeah, Doctor, not... would that work? It's, it sounds weird, right? Because we, there's another word, lekarz. So you could say lekarz. Sure. Lekarka. Yeah. So lekarka yeah. works, right? But doctor, I think pani doctor is a better option. It's the, the, this is a, a fascinating and honestly less frustrating part of the Polish language <laughs> to discuss. Um, I think that we will kind of leave it right there because I'd like to move on and uh, hear a little bit more about what it's like to deal with foreigners as they're in the process of learning your fantastic language. So you're a Polish teacher and uh, as long as we're speaking about genders, are most of your students uh, men or women, I wonder? Uh, Men. Men, they're mostly men, uh, men who, oh, but that's just, you know, an accident, right? Uh, there are some women as well. And um, I also teach Polish now mainly via social media, right? My, my Instagram page is my main platform. Uh, and when I look at the statistics, uh, there's like you know, 55% men, 45 women. So it's more or less, you know, it's balanced, right? But like actual oh. private students, they're mostly, uh, mostly men. Um, and uh, yeah, there are people, you know, from like different walks of life. There are people who um, uh, have some kind of Polish ancestry and just like you yourself, right? A lot yeah. of Americans um, and they they want to reconnect with that part of, uh, of their identity. Uh, there are expats who live in, in Poland from different parts of the world. You know, there are people from, uh, from Ukraine or you know, uh, Kazakhstan or, uh, also from Brazil, I have a Brazilian student who lives in Poland, in Krakow, and he wants to uh, improve his Polish. Um, so yeah, just people cool. from, from all over the world. The reason that I ask you that question is because when I announce to people that I've moved to Poland, the response is generally always, ah, you met a girl, you moved there for a girl. I'm proud in a sense that uh, my first love in Poland was Poland. I came here for my heritage and uh, I found the lovely lady afterwards, and I'm certainly very, very uh, happy that I found her, but it wasn't my motivation. This stereotype about foreigners coming to Poland, uh, you know, to find love, do, do you see that as a theme with people who'd like to learn Polish? Um, <laughs> 
You know what? I think it is a little bit of a theme. I think it's, yeah, it happens quite often, but not always, right? Sometimes people, you know, sometimes it's a surprise because they come here for other reasons, right? They come here for business and then they discover, you know, the hidden treasure of the beauty of Polish women. <laughs> and that becomes, uh, you know, uh, another aspect to consider. But yes, definitely, I would say so that there are there are a lot of men who come to Poland and, you know, if even if that was not their main reason, it becomes something that uh, sure. is um, an attractive factor for them. Of course, you know, that's human nature. You could move to any country and, and you'll find love. So I, I think like, yes, um, Polish women in particular are special. I stand by that. But it's also human nature when people travel, when people explore. That's part of the adventure sometimes, of course. Yeah. Now, you've been teaching Polish for the past few years. Uh, when I started back in the early 2000s, my very first lesson was a cassette tape that I got from the Chicago Public Library. I was actually learning in secret because Polish people were like, don't even try, it's impossible. Um, but later, later when I pursue, pursued courses, there actually were not that many courses available. Not many people were looking to learn the Polish language. How, how, does that, how has that changed with time as Poland has developed? Is there a strong demand for that? Are there many foreigners who'd like to learn? Yes, I think so. And there are a lot of books, actually, right? Because um, I, I have quite a few books that I use for, you know, to create my course, etc., uh, to create, you know, my content for, for Instagram. So there are a lot of books, and I think there is a a strong demand. I mean, of course, not as strong as for English or Spanish or Italian, all those different languages that people love to learn. But I think it becomes, uh, you know, stronger and stronger. And of course, you know, like with with the refugees now, they are learning Polish. And there are a lot of Ukrainian teachers who teach Polish via social media as well. So that's oh. that's also interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I think Ukrainians have a, an advantage of learning Polish because Ukrainian is much closer than English. For example, actually, I've heard that for a Polish person to learn Ukrainian or a Ukrainian person person to learn Polish, that like with highly intensive lessons, this could be done in a matter of a month or two. Do you agree with that? Yes, I think so. I don't know if a month or two. That's that's quite rapid, right? But uh, but the the languages are very similar, very similar. Um, I you know I, I studied Russian as well, and Russian is is a little bit farther apart, right? If you as a Polish per, per person, if you have never learned Russian, I don't think you will understand. But with Ukrainian, you will. You will. Like two people who have never learned uh, each other's language, you know, one Ukrainian, the other one Polish, they can have a conversation and, and understand each other. So tell me, if one is looking to learn Polish, where should they start and how should they proceed? They should start with following my Instagram page. <laughs> Uh, people in the comments um, are asking about that. So, uh, what, where can we find you? Okay. On oh yes, they can find me on uh, Polish with Elena on Instagram. That's my main platform. Also on TikTok, and I just, you know, also created a channel on YouTube like five days ago. So they can also find Fantastic. me there. Fantastic. Um, but yes, Instagram is my main main uh, platform. Fantastic. Well, your videos are very entertaining. They're not uh, typical dry like painful Polish lessons, but from what I see, you really offer people simple, useful terms that can, can get them started. I'm also curious, how should people take on the grammar? I mean, in my opinion, it's impossible to learn. 
step by step. <laughs> step by step. And you know, with the grammar, uh, the thing is that you don't really need all of that, um, you know, at the very beginning, right? Like there are, for example, now I'm preparing this Polish course, right? Um, and you know the clenching, right? You know the lovely cases that we have when it comes to nouns, right? That a noun is not just one noun, right? If you say a cat, right? Cot. Mm -hmm. It's not just cot because cot can become kota, kotu, kotem, etc., uh, etc., et right? So it, it changes. But you don't need all of them at the start, right? There are some words, for example, I don't know, let's say butter, right? Maswo. Uh, like you, you need maswo, and probably you need only the instrumental uh, mas maswem, right? Bulka is maswem. The bun with butter, right? Bulka sure. is maswem. You don't really need all the other cases. So, so you know, like don't get overwhelmed and intimidated by all those different cases and all those different, uh, you know, ways of conjugating, etc. Because not all of it is is always in use, right? We don't use that many words and that many forms in everyday language. Um, I think the most, I mean, of, of course, the easiest way to learn Polish, any language, is to be in the country, right? But not Without everyone can doubt. do that. <clears throat> right? Yeah. Because then you, you, you're you just exposed to it every day and uh, and you hear people repeating the same words. I don't know, for you personally, when you, when you lived in Poland, what were some words that you just heard all the time and you picked them up easily just through, you know, like hearing and conversations? Uh, probably most of the words that I know. I, I told my wife in the past that words kind of birth themselves. Like I'll just have a new word in my head. I might not even know what it means. Recently, I learn a lot. Uh, if if I watch HBO or uh, you know some streaming service, I'll actually turn on Polish captions and and read along. This is kind of one of the ways that I learn at the moment. But uh, immersion is certainly the way to do it. Sometimes it sounds like my grammar is better than my understanding of the grammar actually is because I parrot what I hear. So it's not that I understand the correct structure that's supposed to be implemented, but I've heard it 10,000 times, and hence I can kind of repeat it in that context. But um, I, I'm dyslexic, so reading is not like my, my forte, but I have a friend, Patrick Ney, you should check out his videos if, if you haven't. And when he reads in Polish, it's brilliant. I mean, he's, he has a real gift for reading in the Polish language, and because he reads in Polish, his speech is much better, um, his understanding, his vocabulary, everything is better. So if people are literate, I, I think that reading could be a, a good expressway to, um, you know, to embracing it. Absolutely. I actually watched your interview with Patrick and, and I was really impressed with uh, with his Polish and I know he creates, like he, he wrote that poem um, uh, in Polish. So I think that's really, really impressive and another proof that it is possible yeah. to learn yeah. Polish even when your base language is English, which is completely different, right? Because it's, it's, a, it's a completely different thing when your base is, I don't know, Spanish or Portuguese where, you know, you have conjugation. Maybe you don't have declension, but you have conjugation. It's not such a foreign concept but but english and polish are just so far apart right so i'm always impressed when when english speakers learn polish because it's, it's yeah it's amazing I, I all of us who have learned polish are grateful for that sense of admiration or gratitude from polish people for having learned the language but i really do look at it as an obligation for someone who's moved to poland uh 
if you want to be a part of the society and community for the simple purpose that if you can understand other people in their own language, you can actually know who they are in a much deeper and more meaningful way. And this allows you to be a bigger part of the society. And so I would, I would wish that anyone who came here undertook that challenge, at least to the point that they could understand what other people are saying. And, and I think they'd really find Poland um, to be a sincere and, uh, you know, sometimes dramatic place. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes dramatic. Why? And, and sarcastic too. I I find Polish to be very dramatic, very sarcastic at times, which amuses me very much. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I, I think it's an intense language. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Polish music, uh, the band Mislovitz, for example, and the way that they phrase the the lyrics doesn't really carry over into English. You know, it has to be heard in Polish for it to stab you in the heart. Uh, this, this is just my impression. And the same could be said, you know, for English songs going into another language. It's just a specific honesty about um, hearing someone in their own words. So with that, uh, I think we should bid farewell. Do you have any last words to the audience where they can find you, you know? Yes, uh, I'm just very grateful for, you know, thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to talk to you. And I'm just so happy that there are so many foreigners learning Polish, you know, and, and, and so many foreigners choosing to live in Poland. It's amazing. Uh, as for the audience, right, guys, if you are learning Polish, of course, you know, I I have a channel, right? I have my, my Instagram page, so please follow me there. You know, I'm preparing a course if you ever interested in in starting with polish even if you you know if you haven't started yet so that's something to consider but of course there are other things that you can do right there are many books and uh, just as ryan said you know like try to watch movies in polish or with polish captions and listen to music just expose yourself as much as possible um find channels on on youtube uh where people talk about something that interests you in Polish, because that's another thing that you can do. Um, um, what else? Well, reading Polish, right? Reading is also amazing and, you know, especially poetry and novels. So yes, there are so many things that you can do to learn Polish. And, wow. you know, people like me, Polish teachers, there are so many of them on Instagram and, and on YouTube, like we can help you with that as well. Elena, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It's always interesting to speak with an expert on uh, topics like the Polish language that, quite frankly, require an expert to uh, understand. Hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for what we do next.